are now listening to the Pat's Pulpit Podcast. All right. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Pat's Pulpit Podcast, the final Pat's Pulpit Podcast before the regular season starts. Thank Tebow. I am sick of this preseason. Not about you, Rich Hill, but I am ready for regular football to start. Oh, yeah. By the end of this week, the all four preseason games will be in the books. The Patriots roster will be down to 53 players, and we'll be on to the actual season. You know, real football doesn't start until December, but the games start mattering very, very soon. Patriots will play the Steelers in the season opener. But before we get to that part, Alec, final week of the preseason. A lot happening around the league. Let's get to it. Yeah, a lot happening around the league. A lot to get to today, Rich Hill. So let's let's jump right in here. Uh, I know there's a Patriots podcast, but I think we'd be remiss in our duties if we didn't talk about the big news around the NFL this week. And then Andrew Luck, seemingly out of nowhere, hung up the cleats and has retired from the Colts, which means now that Tom Brady, Jacoby Brissett, and Jimmy Garoppolo will all be starting in week one, which is pretty wild. I did not see this coming. Again, I'm not really a Colts fan. I'm not following, but it seems like nobody saw this coming. This came out of nowhere. He said he was mentally not there. His body was broken down. I get it. I support it. Still very shocking, though. Rich, what were your reaction? Yeah, I was always. I'm, my first thought was, uh, how long will he stay out of football for? Is he actually retired for good? Is that true? I mean, he's made. I want to say somewhere close to like 90 million over the course of his career, so he should be fine from that perspective. But will he get the itch again? We already saw this with Rob Gronkowski. He retired this offseason due to similar issues. I mean, he, he came out and said that he, too, was losing love for the game. He was tired, exhausted. It took way too long for him to recover. And that was the story of Andrew Luck, is that he's been going through rehab uh, for his injuries a lot over the past few years. The Colts really, really screwed themselves out of it until, you know, maybe they'll end up with the first overall pick this year and get Tua from from Alabama just to get their third franchise quarterback of the past 30 years. Um, but with him stepping down, my big thought also was not only how, how long will he stay out for, but who's left in the AFC? I, I, the Colts have always had an issue getting past the Patriots with Andrew Luck under the helm, but he, they were one of the big competitors. So you got the Patriots. Of course, you got the Chiefs. Who's left? Yeah, that's a good question. The two big question marks are now the Steelers and the Colts. Uh, I think the Steelers were a team that I wasn't quite able to get a read on based on their offseason drama, their off-field drama. Antonio Brown's gone. Le'Veon Bell is gone. There's rumors that Tom had lost the locker room. So I'm not sure what they're going to bring to the table. We'll see very soon in week one. The Chiefs obviously are going to be very good. But the Colts, they really stacked their roster. There's a lot of talent on that team on both sides of the ball, and I really I had them winning the AFC South personally. I had them over the Texans. I don't know if you did or not, but I wished Brissett the best. He's a great kid. He I'll always have that that Texans game where he he ran the touchdown and twenty seven to nothing the score was in that week three before Brady came back from suspension. But this completely upends the entire landscape of the AFC, and while the Patriots are going to be fine, the kind of seed four through seed six in the AFC playoff picture. It's got a lot more interesting. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, you know, uh, we can always point to the fact that Tom Brady outlasted both Peyton Manning and his replacement and Andrew Luck, uh, (laughs) ultimate jab back at the Colts there. So uh, best of luck to Andrew Luck with whatever he does. I'm sure he'll be successful. I'm always happy to see a player step down, uh, 
early as opposed to be forced out of the game. So good for him. He had a great career, albeit a pretty short one from a quarterback standpoint. But congratulations to him. That was the big news around the league. Uh, other Patriots news, though, we should talk about an injury of their own. David Andrews. Uh, there are reports that he might be out for the rest of the year and definitely for the foreseeable future due to blood clots. Alec, what do you think about the, the current injury for, for David Andrews, and what does that mean for the Patriots? First and foremost, he's going to be okay, which is great news. I think he's already out of the hospital and was at Page's practice in just sweats and shorts, nothing athletic at all, just there to watch. He's going to be fine. That's more important than anything else, and I'm really glad to see that. Blood clots are no joke, man. I mean, I've never had one personally, but they can be fatal if not treated, so really glad Andrews is okay. That's first and foremost. For my football standpoint, it's a loss, obviously. Brady liked Andrews a lot. I remember he usurped Brian Stork due to communication and rapport that they had. It's always a good thing to lose your offensive lineman early in the season if you're going to lose one, especially the center, because they're the quarterback of the offensive line and the chemistry and the cadence and the blocking scenes all rotate through that offensive lineman. But grand scheme of things, they're going to be okay. I think Ted Karras is more than serviceable as a backup. He played very well. I think it was against the Raiders he got the start and played very well as a run and pass blocker. He's got plenty of time. I trust Dottie Skarnicka completely. And I think one of the reasons the Patriots are always drafting O-linemen and signing O-linemen and trading for O-linemen is, is these contingency plans and to have people in place. So speed recovery, David Andrews, blood thinners, kick three to six months to get kicked in. So maybe we won't see him at all this season, but they're going to be fine. Yeah, we've seen the blood clots kind of derail injuries for a bunch of other major athletes. I believe this was something that Chris Bosch had down with uh, the Miami Heat. So this could be career-ending. His health is the number one priority. But the Patriots are in good hands with Ted Karras uh, under center. He's been around for plenty of time. He knows the play calls. He's had some time in the starting lineup. So he's as experienced as you could hope for uh, at this point in the year. And uh, the Patriots have made a couple corresponding roster moves. They've acquired two offensive linemen ahead of this fourth preseason game. Uh, they acquired Corey Cunningham from the Arizona Cardinals for a sixth-round pick. And uh, he is an offensive tackle. He should be number three on the depth chart behind Marcus Cannon and Isaiah Wynn. And they acquired an interior lineman in Jermaine Illuminor from the Baltimore Ravens for an undisclosed draft pick. That gives New England a little bit of additional depth on the interior side. They will be fine with Shaq Mason and Joe Tooney at the guard spot. Uh, and Kjalte Froholt is their fourth-round pick. He's going to be one of the top backups. And then on the interior side, you also have Ted Karras and then Illuminor. So that should be the Patriots' starting lineup, uh, or at least their, their active 53 when it comes to the offensive line. Should be. The Illuminor sounds like a Harry Potter spell, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I tell you, if Illuminor and Hiati Freehold are the same, filled the same time, and my head's going to explode. There's a lot of guys in this team whose name I cannot pronounce right now, but that's okay. There's plenty of time still to learn those last few names. Uh, speaking of the last few names, Rich, not a whole lot happened in the preseason game week three, Patriots-Panthers. Brady played a couple of series. He was fine, but really nothing to, to write home about because only Philip Dorsett was out there. I've already forgotten at this point. I'm really more curious as to his coming up game against the Giants. It's always Patriots-Giants week four every year. It makes sense. Less is to travel. This is really the last chance for a lot of bubble guys, the guys who are fighting for those last few roster spots to earn their keep either on the team, on the practice squad, or showcase their wares elsewhere to someone else on the league. Are there a couple guys in particular you're paying attention to in this week four matchup against the Giants, or is it kind of more of an overall feel of the team as a whole at this point for you? 
Yeah, I mean, I, I definitely will have my eyes on some of the depth players where there seems to be openings. So first off, Jarrett Stidham is going to probably play the entire game, if I had to guess. New England will get him as many opportunities under center as possible. <clears throat> um, but the running back position is pretty settled. I would expect Nick Brossette to be out there for most of the time. But when it comes to the wide receivers and tight ends, there are a couple positions up for grabs. And I would expect that to be where the the coaching staff will try to determine, can we find or carve out a specific role for these players? So we're looking at wide receivers. If we have the roster locks, they're going to be Elman, Gordon, Thomas, Dorsett. In my mind, I think Dorsett solidified his job with uh, that third preseason game. Uh, Nikhil Harry and Jacoby Myers. It would be hard-pressed for the Patriots to carry another wide receiver, but a player like Braxton Berrios, if he's able to go out there and have an, uh, an impact, and then Gunnar Olszewski, if he can show that his punt return ability that he flashed in that third preseason game it warrants keeping him around. Remember, he was a defensive back while he was in college, so he has a lot of versatility. They can use him in a bunch of depth positions, so he might be worth stashing even if he's game day inactive. And then at the tight end spot, Ben Watson, he is going to be suspended for the first four games of the season. Lance Kendricks got suspended for the first game of the season. So a lot of question marks at the tight end position. I think Ryan Izzo is my leader in the clubhouse right now. I would say Matt Lacoste has, uh, has a kind of an uphill battle right now. But whoever stands out at that tight end spot, the door is completely wide open for the first few weeks of the season. So who knows? That is where my focus will be on the offense. How about you mentioned tight end, Rich? One of the tight ends that intrigues me, especially given the the size of the bonus he got. I don't really have high expectations for him, but what do you think about Andrew Beck? Think he has any shot to make this roster? I don't. I really don't. I think at this point in time, he has uh, he's been trying to get some opportunities at the fullback spot to show his versatility, but. Unless he shows up more as you know both a receiver and a blocker, I don't think that he has too much of a chance. Um, I would say Ryan Izzo has definitely been the best tight end uh, other than Ben Watson. So I would say if the Patriots reach the midpoint of the season, it would likely have Ben Watson, uh, possibly Lance Kendricks, if the Patriots deem him worthy to stick around after him getting that one-game suspension and him dealing with all those injuries, and Ryan Izzo. Uh, my big eye, actually, though, the question mark would be on Eric Salbert, who I thought showed some flashes as a receiver in that second preseason game, uh, and Patriots acquired him from the Atlanta Falcons. There are a lot of question marks here. I don't know if Beck has any real shot of making that roster, but he has that versatility that maybe could prove some value to be on the practice squad. No, that's cool. I gotta, I'll, uh, I've, I've got a projected roster here. I'm going to go with you a little later on the podcast, and we'll see if he makes it on my projected roster or not. But, again, I think tight end's been a conversation everyone's been having all season long. And now that Gronk originally announced he's getting into the CBD business and the emotional kind of response he had to why he quit, we're still very curious as to his return. So tight end's on everyone's mind right now. I'm going to give you a couple of names, Rich, that I would maybe consider – on the bubble of being on the bubble, if that makes sense. I wouldn't necessarily call them bubble guys, but there's always a surprise cut or two every year around this time, and they're going from 90 to 53 uh, tomorrow. Tomorrow's cutdown day. So there's a couple guys that I think might be surprised, turn some heads if they got cut, and I'm going to give you a couple of names and tell me if you think I'm totally off the wall in, in thinking that they're, they're maybe possibly cut bait. Sure. All right. Uh, how about Brian Hoyer? He's a good Ooh. system quarterback. He's established. Brady's 42 years old. Jarek Siddham is unproven as a rookie. 
but he's good. And Hoyer has no, you know, you know what you have in Hoyer. He's not like a, a huge upside. Is he a bubble guy? Can you see him cutting him? Uh, I would be surprised if they cut him. I would say that he has a cut per chance, uh, percent of like 20%. So pretty low. Not saying he's a complete lock. I would say that there's probably more likely to trade him somewhere should another injury befall a different team. But I would expect that Brian Hoyer sticks around on the Patriots for the rest of this year. Jarrett Stidham eventually takes that backup spot in 2020. And Brian Hoyer will go start for some team. Uh, I don't know which team. But maybe he'll be the starting quarterback of the Miami Dolphins next year. <laughs> Who knows? But I would say that he is more likely to be traded than cut. All right. What about uh, your guy, linebacker, Landon Roberts? Uh, a solid linebacker. He's gotten very small in his role with Jamie Collins. Jawan Bentley's back. There's a very deep linebacker core. Is Landon Roberts safe? You know, I would have said that Alandon Roberts had a high opportunity to be traded prior to Brandon King suffering an injury in that third preseason game. Uh, Brandon King, special teams linebacker, out for the season with a torn quadriceps. I don't think Alandon Roberts really backs up or takes his spot on special teams because Roberts has never really been a big special teams guy. But when it comes to the depth that the Patriots have at that position, I'd say that Roberts is competing with Juwan Bentley for some time, but when you go top to bottom looking at those linebackers, Roberts is good enough to to make the roster be one of those top five or six linebackers that they have. And another guy who, in my head, like Hoyer, is more likely to be traded than anything. Uh, if you look at the uh, Detroit Lions, they suffered a big injury at their middle linebacker spot. So... With Matt Patricia as their head coach, his familiarity with the Landon Roberts, I would expect that to be a prime landing spot if he were to get moved. Like it. All right. How about uh, cornerback Keon Crossan? We've, all, we've always been high on him, but he's been kind of playing deep into games. Hasn't looked great this preseason. He's a good gunner. He's got special teams value, but also very crowded position in the defensive backs. Keon Crossan, is he on the bubble? Yeah, that's a great question. So if you run down the cornerback depth chart, you have Stephon Gilmore at the top of it with Jason McCourty, Jonathan Jones, J.C. Jackson, and Joe, uh, Juwan Williams. Those are your top five cornerbacks right there. Keon Crossan is not one of those top five. Will he earn a roster spot over last year's second-round pick, Duke Dawson? If it's going off of entire ability, yes. But will the Patriots even keep six cornerbacks? I am not sure. Because you look at those other defensive back spots, uh, you have uh, the safety spot. You have Devin McCourty, Deron Harmon, Patrick Chung, and Terrence Brooks. And I think Brooks is going to be a surprise and have some additional playing time on the defense, uh, especially if Patrick Chung faces any time off the field due to his cocaine arrest. Um, so that's nine defensive backs right there. Will Keon Crossan be the 10th? Uh, I don't know. I, I would honestly say that it comes down to Keon Crossan and Gunnar Olszewski when you're building that roster spot is that you're looking at primarily a special teams person who likely will not have a big impact on offense or defense. And you have to ask, what is their upside? Is this someone worth stashing? And uh, I would say that one is a complete toss up. So right now I would lean towards Gunner over Keon Crossan, but mm. I, I will say that's like a 55-45 split in my book. Interesting. All right, I'll give you one that's a little more controversial because hot takes is what we do here at Pat's Pulpit sometimes. <laughs> um, not at all. We're pretty rational. But this is kind of more of a hot take cut because, again, I'm just thinking about that shocker cut that no one saw coming. And the one that keeps popping into my head in terms of a guy I would never see cut because he offers too much 
is Rex Burkhead. Mm. Um, they have a lot of running backs. He's probably the best all-around back on the team in terms of running ability, passing, pass-catching ability, blocking ability. He can flex. He can play receiver. He's your, he can return kicks. He has special teams value. But he never stays on the field. He's always hurt. Is he worth a roster spot and a guaranteed salary of, I think, $1.5 million? Yeah, that's a big question. One On one hand, he is always hurt, and I think that they have a perfect replacement in Damian Harris who can do everything that Rex Burkhead does, but Burkhead has more experience. I would say Harris might have a little bit more upside. Uh, I don't know if Burkhead would be a trade target for other teams just because, uh, you know, running backs are pretty fungible, so maybe the t- other teams would just wait for the Patriots to release him. That's a good question. He could be a surprise release. Uh I think that there have already been two surprise releases in my mind. Both uh, Maurice Harris at wide receiver was released. Uh, injury wave technically, but he'll get an injury settlement and be able to go elsewhere. And like Mike Pennell, the defensive tackle. So those are my two veteran signings that I'm very surprised that New England's already moved on from. So Rex Burkhead would be a third for me. I would be shocked if the Patriots let him go. I think that he's someone that New England trusts, particularly in the red zone, due to his ability to both run, block, and catch, or to do all three. And inside the red zone, the more uh, versatility you have, the more fun it is for Josh McDaniels, the easier it is for the offense. And until Sony Michelle shows that he can catch the ball out of the backfield, or until James White somehow develops more consistency running it on the ground, I think Burkhead's job is safe. I'm inclined to agree with you on that, but again, it's just you look at that running back backfield, and as I was doing my projected 53-man roster, like I, I thought long and hard about how many running backs they keep, given who's a lock and who's not. Um, but those are kind of my my overall kind of bubble slash bubble guys. There's one more guy we talked about. I think he's kind of gone, but you never know just due to the athletic ability. They brought him in last year. Obi L. Oh, I can't pronounce this guy's name. Melifonwu. Obi Melifonwu. Obi Melifonwu. A rare athlete. Freakish player, special teams ace, uh, potential to be special teams ace, but not really an instinctive safety. I don't know where he fits into this defense due to the depth. Think he sticks around? Yeah, he's a curious one because he has the same size as Jawan Williams, but he's a safety as opposed to a cornerback. Uh, I would say that Obi might have joined that conversation with Keon Cross and Gunner for being one of those, like, complete athlete sort of players that they can find a role from later and put them on special teams right now. But uh, I would say that Melifanu had a better early camp and he hasn't really followed that up with too much during the, the preseason. And I would actually say that Terrence Brooks has outperformed him for that fourth safety spot. And so I would say that Melifanu's roster uh, opportunity lies completely with whether or not Patrick Chung will be suspended to start their season. Uh, that could be a TBD thing. The Patriots uh, have, I don't know, I don't think other teams are really itching to sign Melifonwu, so maybe they could stash him on their practice squad or something like that. But I would say he has an uphill battle. And of the, the Cross and Olszewski and Melifonwu trio, I would say he's third out of those three. Interesting. Well, those are my guys, Richard. We'll probably see a lot of them, maybe not Burkhead, but everyone else will probably see at least a decent amount of time tonight's game against the New York Giants at Foxborough. What in particular are you hoping to see out of this game, if anything at all, besides no injuries? Yeah, I'm interested to see which players are deemed completely safe by being game day and actives. I would expect rookie Jacoby Myers to be among the players that does not suit up. And the players that don't dress are most likely going to be safe. I would say that 
of all of the players that the Patriots have had uh, inactive in game four of the preseason, I can only think of like a couple that ever ended up being released, one of them being Brandon Bolden uh, prior to last year before he latched on with Miami Dolphins. So whoever is inactive tomorrow is a going to have a great indicator that they will be safe for the active roster. Um, and then I would be curious to see what that rotation looks like for that defensive front seven, because I'm curious at both where Dietrich Wise fits into this Patriots defensive front rotation, same with Derek Rivers. And then on that defensive tackle spot, Byron Cowart, I would say that his upside and flash and capabilities that he's shown during this preseason is why New England opted to move away from Mike Pennell. And I want to see if Cowart can continue to build off of a strong preseason and really solidify one of those spots uh, behind Lawrence Guy and Danny Shelton, that defensive tackle. What a what a vintage description of a, the fourth week of the preseason. Where one of the things you're most excited to see is who's not playing. <laughs> I think no, nothing nothing sums up this game better than that. The guys that aren't playing are the ones you're really watching out for. That's a great call. Uh, not much else to break down in terms of that game. Anything else I want to talk about before the Giants? Before I get to my my roster breakdown? No, let's jump right to it. All right, before we do that, we we'll take a quick break and come right back. All right, Rich. So I thought long and hard about this. Uh, by long and hard, I mean it took me a good 15, 20 minutes to break this down. So I didn't really put too much thought into it because I rarely do. But <laughs> I have what I think is a pretty solid uh, 53-man roster. Uh, there's a couple reaches I took just to kind of keep it interesting. But for the most part, I think this is pretty solid. I think for the most part, we also all know who the main guys are. There's going to be six, seven names that will be tossed around that we'll be surprised about who made it, who didn't make it. But uh, I forgot to go down by position, name the guys I'm keeping, and you can agree or disagree accordingly. Sound good? Perfect. I like this. All right. So we're starting off easy. We're going with the quarterback. They're keeping three. They're keeping Brady, Hoyer, and Stidham. Agree or disagree? You sure about that Brady character? Well, he's getting up there. Yeah, I think he's got one. He's got one more season in him at least. <laughs> yeah, easiest position on the roster other than special teams. Uh, that is, I think, I agree completely. Yeah, I initially had. I think Hoyer's going to be on the team. I think they ended up trading him. I think you talked about earlier in the podcast. They trade him mid-season for somebody as they don't continue to develop. But Hoyer's, I think, he's too good to release because he'll find home elsewhere. And if you can get like a fifth-round pick for him, why not? Um, next easy position will do special team. This is pretty straightforward as well. We got Gostowski, Jake Bailey, Joe Cardona, Matthew Slater, Nate Ebner. So my special teamers. Yep, I like that too. All right. Running back. This is where it gets a little more interesting. I think we had Sony Michelle, James White, Rex Burkhead, Damian Harris, Brandon Bolden, and then fullback James Devlin. Looping him there as well. Yep, I agree with that completely. I wouldn't be surprised if Nick Brosette showed up on the practice squad, but just having five running backs on the active roster, I would not be surprised if Damian Harris took on some of those scout team responsibilities. And uh, I agree completely with, with your roster right there. Well, this is sure is turning into a real debate so far here. Man, a lot of, <laughs> lot of, a lot of heated back and forth. All right. Here we go. Tight end. I have three tight ends. I have Ryan Izzo, Matt LaClosse, and Eric Saubert making the team. Interesting. Okay, uh, with both Lance Kendrick and Benjamin Watson being suspended to start the season. Uh, question for you. Uh, do you see any of those players losing their job to Kendricks or Watson? Do you see the Patriots moving on from Kendricks or Watson? What do you see playing out with the position for the longer term? Watson definitely will be back. Uh, I think probably Izzo or Salbert lose their position. Depending on Matt Lacoste's injury, I think he's going to be fine. But I think Izzo or Salbert will lose their position. If Salbert turns into a special teams ace, he'll be more safe. But he'll probably end up 
uh, unemployed come week five when Watson returns. I have seen nothing from Kendrick that makes me excited about keeping him. Um, he's been pretty much a ghost in practice and preseason, so I think he's gone. Yeah, I agree with that too. I mean, the best, greatest uh, ability is availability. He has not been. He will not be for the first week. Uh, I kind of uh, agree in the sense that I think that Ryan Izzo, Matt Lacoste, and Eric Salbert are at the top of that food chain. I would say that Izzo actually is my top lock for that spot just due to how he's performed over the first couple weeks of the preseason. When Ben Watson returns, I would say that uh, the top three of Izzo, Lacoste, and Watson is what I would see moving forward. But I honestly would not be surprised if the Patriots decided to only roster two tight ends to start the season with Izzo and Lacoste and instead hold an additional wide receiver, especially as both like Demarius Thomas, Edelman, Gordon, Harry, all of these guys are getting back into their football shape. And of course, when Gronk returns in December, Izzo's out of there anyway, so it doesn't it's true. matter. It's very yeah. true. Yeah, it's inevitable. Yeah. All right, so you mentioned receivers. We'll do them next. This is one I struggle with a little bit. Uh, I initially had them keeping five wide receivers, uh, Edelman, Dorsett, Gordon, Harry, and Myers with uh, Demarius Thomas on IR to start the season with the return designation. But given the fact that they have activated him early and he's been taking a lot of reps, it looks like he's good to go. Uh, so I am going to add him to the active roster. So I'm going to go Edelman, Dorsett, Gordon, Harry, Myers, and Demarius Thomas as my receivers active for week one. I agree with that. I would not be surprised if Gunner uh, experienced the Foxborough flu at some point between now and Saturday. Um, but mostly, I, I just view the Patriots' perception of these slot-wide receivers or these punt returners as being a dime a dozen. You know, we're talking about Braxton Barrios, talking about Gunner here. There's been plenty of those slot receivers available over the years. And despite the success New England has had with like the West Welkers, Julian Edelman's, Danny Amendola's, they never seem to feel like they have to invest too much into the position. They feel like they can find someone at some point in time. So I would say they will risk allowing both Gunner and Braxton Berrios to, to go through the waivers, maybe try and stash one or two on the practice squad. But ultimately, I agree. Philip Dorsett, Edelman, Gordon, Harry, Myers, and Demarius Thomas should all make the active roster. Now, tell you, man, that's a very solid receiving core. It so really is. Good, that's, that's really impressed with that. With, with Michelle and James White in the backfield, that's a good, good offense right there. But that offense would be nothing without the offensive lineman protecting them. And here's who I got for that one. I got Wynn, Tooney, Karras, Mason, and Cannon. Those are my starters. And then they've got Cunningham, Illuminor, James France, and Hilti Froholt as the backups. Really? So you have Ference making the roster. I um, do. I'm surprised by that. I don't know if I would have James Ference on the roster. I know he's been around the team for a little bit of time. Uh, but I, so starting with tackle, uh, you got Cannon, uh, the guy from Arizona, uh, Cunningham, uh, and Isaiah Wynn as the top three. And I would say that, uh, Jermaine Illuminor has that guard tackle swing capability if he needs to. Um, but then on the interior, uh, I don't know if you need to have James Ferentz on that roster if you have that depth of both Illuminor being that swing guard inside-outside as well as Hjalte Froholt, who has also been practicing at center and is a very, very good guard as well. So you have your two backup tackles, you have your two backup guards. I don't think Ferentz has enough versatility uh, or upside, honestly, in order to 
get a roster spot over some other player. He's 30 years old um, at this point. So I just think that he has a very difficult time or claim to make the roster, especially when you have uh, Yoni Kajust uh, potentially making the roster in the middle of the season as he comes off of the non-football injury list. So I'm going to disagree with James Ferentz, and I think that is the first disagreement we've had so far. <laughs> it is. Not, not, not bad so far. All right, so that's that's one spot up for grabs for you on, on your land. All right, so that's the offense for me. Uh, we'll go from the offensive line to the defensive line. I have on this unit, I have Lawrence Guy, I have Byron Cowart, I have Michael Bennett, Danny Shelton, Adam Butler, Dietrich Wise, and Chase Winovich as my defensive lineman. Interesting. Uh, question then, how are you categorizing John Simon? John Simon, I've got as a linebacker. Okay, cool. So I agree with you completely. Uh, I think that you can categorize these players into like, Two different positions, I guess, necessarily. You have your defensive tackles, and then you have your guys on the edge of the line a little bit. For the defensive tackle spot, I would say that Guy and Shelton are my top two. You have Cowart coming in as that rotational third, and Adam Butler comes in on third down. He offers some of that versatility on the earlier times as well. I expect him to take a big jump forward this year, similar to what we saw out of a Landon Roberts last year. So I agree. Those are my top four on the interior side. On the outside, but we're talking about like the the five, six technique sort of uh, for playing the Patriots with a three, four front now. I would say that Michael Bennett and Dietrich Wise play similar roles. Um, and I just, you know, Dietrich Wise might be one of my last five in uh, if he were to make the roster, but I don't disagree strongly enough to say that he, I, I would move him off that list. But uh, I agree. I have Chase Winovich on the edge with some of the other players. I have him right next to John Simon in the same role. But I agree with those defensive linemen wholeheartedly. That does leave Derek Rivers off the list, though. And so hopefully he um, finds home elsewhere because he nothing really happened with him. I feel bad for him. But linebackers, okay, we have Dante Hightower. We have Van Noy, Jamie Collins, John Simon, Juwan Bentley, Shalit Calhoun, Landon Roberts, my linebacking core. Oh, you, what? so what is your reason for having Shalit Calhoun on the roster? Uh, I think he flashed very well early on. He was, he was an absolute menace in practice. He got hurt, and I think the injury um, – was enough to derail him, but I think he showed enough early on to, to sneak on. Interesting. Okay, I'd be curious to know if he makes the roster. So I have both Calhoun and uh, uh, Dietrich Wise as being kind of uh, interchangeable a little bit. They might have, uh, they, they whatever one makes the roster, I have them towards the very end. So I'm surprised with the Calhoun one. I would say that I might disagree with having him on the, the roster. But for the other linebackers, I agree. Uh, you have Hightower, Collins, and Van Noy as my starters right there. Uh, you have Bentley and Roberts on the interior. But you can have a lot of options out there. Very, very deep at that linebacker spot. I think that this might be one of the best linebacker corps we have ever seen for new England. Jamie Collins, I think will have a Renaissance when he's back here in the three, four, very excited to see what he brings to the table. I just don't know if I agree with Calhoun making the roster. And so uh, Calhoun, I will put right there next to James Ferentz as being not making the roster for me. All right. And that leads us down to the secondary, the defensive backs, which I have Stefan Gilmore, the McCourty brothers, Jonathan Jones, J.C. Jackson, Jawan Williams, Deron Harmon, Pat Chung, and Terrence Brooks. 
Terrence Brooks, that's nine right there. I mean, it's I agree with all of those completely. Um, and I know that I have two additional roster spots, I think, that I haven't uh, doled out yet at this point. But I, I agree with those nine. I would say that this goes back to that earlier conversation that we were having of which players are going to make the roster. Um, and that is among Keon Crossan, Gunnar Olszewski, Obi Melifanu, and I would add in the, the Shalit Calhoun into that category. Um, and I might even put Calvin Munson into that as well, just due to his special teams ability. But at the end of it, I would have to lean towards Keon Crossan and Gunnar Olszewski just because you have those injuries at wide receiver. So I think Gunnar can make it, maybe take some of the special teams load off of Julian Edelman. And then it's good to have that depth at cornerback uh, just because who knows where players will be down the road. I wouldn't be shocked if Jonathan Jones were actually traded at some point in time. I know he's great, but he's kind of stuck in a log jam. He might have a lot more value for a different team and Keon Cross and can take his job uh, that would be vacated pretty nicely. So I would say that it would be nice to keep Keon Crossing around and then Gunnar Olszewski being my last two. So you're keeping 10 defensive backs. Oh yeah. Interesting. All right. Well, again, those are, this is always the way it is, right? Those last kind of four, two to two to five roster spots are the ones in question. Uh, I can definitely see Braxton Berrios on the practice squad. I can see Dan Skipper on the practice squad with Cole Cross. I think he's a good practice squad candidate. Uh, Duke Dawson, it's a tough cut. He never had a chance, but that's the name of the game. And these guys tend to make their way in and around the league, and maybe we'll see him back on the Patriots roster. But uh, until then, we'll just have to kind of wish him the best. And now that I've said this, of course, I'm probably way off and – this roster is going to be completely different than what I saw, but who knows, man. <laughs> yeah, Duke Dawson is going to be lights out t- uh, tonight against the Giants. That'll be fantastic to see. Uh, he'll win a roster spot and become a starter. Uh, but also, at the end of the day, uh, we've already seen the Patriots make a few trades to acquire some players this preseason. You know, They got Salbert, they got Illuminor, they got Corey Cunningham. So they are bringing players into the fold. I would expect there to be more as other teams are going through their roster cuts. You're looking at some other positions of need. Maybe a tight end that has an unwieldy salary for another team might be intriguing as an option for New England. Uh, Maybe there is a team that needs a cornerback or a running back, and they would be willing to part ways uh, to upgrade a different one of the Patriots positions. Mostly tight end, because that is just a glaring, glaring deficiency. (laughs) But whatever Alec and I said today, it will be very, very different come opening night against the Steelers. It will be enormously different come the postseason where the Patriots should hopefully be, because this is a great roster. I'm very excited. Alec, you have the final game of the preseason tonight against the Giants. Do you have any final thoughts as we head into the 2019 regular season? Well, Rich, uh, as much as I love podcasting with you, I definitely prefer to do it when there's real football to talk about because otherwise we're kind of just prognosticating back and forth and we always look so foolish with our predictions and whatnot. So it's good to finally talk about real football. <laughs> uh, excited to get through yet another season. Yeah, it's been a while. Five, the, the, the five the, 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 the five year anniversary of the Passport Podcast. Get ready to kick off with the Steelers. Uh, I don't know if you really care to make a prediction for the past Giants game, but you did predict the Patriots beat the Panthers. So if you want to make a prediction, go ahead. Otherwise, we can we can pretend we didn't. Yeah, well, I predict that the New England Patriots, led by the quarterback Jarrett Stidham and bruising running back Nick Brosette, will demolish the New York Giants. Something along the lines of twenty-seven to thirteen. 
Wow, Rich has the Pats going 4-0 and in the preseason. Oh, yeah. Uh, I'm going to have Daniel Jones, who continues to be the MVP of the preseason. Everyone's darling. He's going to light it up again. I'm going to go with the Giants win this one. I don't know. Let's say uh, 17 to 12. I don't know. Yeah, sure. <laughs> that sounds good. Get a lot of practice out there for Steven Goskowski. That'll That's be right. good for the team. They need to be better at what they're doing. Um, that is great. I'm excited to have this preseason under wraps. Amen. Alec, until next time, you have a good one. You too, buddy. Later, man. Later.